The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove. The voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. We are now in the season of the Epiphany, and the ancient tradition holds three stories as central to the understanding of what is happening in what we call Epiphany Tide. The first, of course, is that familiar story of the Magi, the wise ones from the East who come following the star and pay homage to the Christ child lying in a manger. The second story is Jesus' first miracle at the wedding in Cana, which often comes up in the lectionary this time of year. And the third is the story we hear today of Jesus' baptism. With these three stories, we pick up the theme of that first hymn we sang this morning, God in Man Made Manifest, or to put it in the more contemporary terms, God in Humanity Made Manifest. That is a sense in which God is revealed now in our human form and in our human lives. Now, I don't know about you, but it's very true of me that much of the time I spend a lot of energy holding God at arm's length, because it's easier that way. It means that I can at least have some pretense at control over my own destiny and my life, right? And in the Midwest, we have a saying for that. How's that working for you? Especially in these days of COVID, we are being reminded day over day that we don't have a lot of control over our lives. But this is one of the conceits of our society, that we are self-made individuals, and we declare who we are and who we will be and where our lives will take us. Of course, just about anyone over the age of 18 knows that's not how things work at all. 
In our readings related to the story of the baptism today, we hear God speaking to the ancient Israelites and essentially telling them, I name you, I make you, and I renew you. And it is only because of me that you can move through the deep waters and through the fire. In other words, it is only when our identity is planted in God that we have the capacity to move through the challenges of our lives. And even, as we say in the Christian tradition, death itself. The mark of our identity as a Christian people and our capacity to move through the hardest elements of life itself and our suffering and our struggles is found in our baptism. Which is why we have all of the language today about the primordial elements. You remember them? Earth, wind, water, and fire. John has taken up the ancient Jewish tradition of mikvah, or the ritual cleansing, which was an external sign of repentance and preparation to be re-centered in the faith and to be declared ritually pure. But John understands that the sign is only external. He doesn't make people drink from the River Jordan. He simply bathes them in it. He understands the significance of the tradition of the Jordan. The Jordan was the boundary between Jewish civilization and the wildness of the wider world. The great myth, mythic understanding for the ancient Israelites was on the other side of the Jordan, there was wilderness. And that's where the people had wandered before they entered the promised land. The Jordan was the boundary that they crossed to found their new society under the guidance of Moses. The Jordan was therefore also the place that you went when you were seeking a time for renewal. We'll hear in the coming weeks about how Jesus goes beyond the Jordan after his baptism into the wilderness to lose who he was and to embrace who he is becoming in his beloved Father. We are reminded this day that it is in our baptism that we gain that same kind of new identity. And as John reminds his listeners what the Messiah comes to offer is not simply a ritual cleansing, but is a cleansing from the inside out. Fire, which burns away all of the stuff, the chaff, as John puts it, that keeps us from God, and the spirit, which in the ancient tradition is the breath of God. Few things are more intimate to us than our breath. In other words, the Messiah is coming to breathe new life into us. 
a new life that is not our own, but belongs to God. Whenever parents come to me to have their children baptized, I always say to them, you know, one of the things we need to talk about is there's a profound sense in which the child you bring into church to be baptized is not the same child that you take out of church afterwards. And then I say something that always runs the risk of getting me into a little bit of trouble. You have to understand that the child you take out of church no longer belongs to you. Of course, any parent worth their salt knows that that's always been the reality. But the baptism really hits it home, yeah? Our children are not our own. Truth is, they never were, but baptism underscores that. The sense that they belong to God now. And that changes everything. When we fully embrace our baptism, as we try every time, we renew our baptismal covenant, and actually every time we approach and take into ourselves the body of Christ. When we fully embrace our baptism, we relinquish again that sense of control over our own destiny and our own lives. We put it right back in God's hands. Even after all these years, that is still a scary thought for me. How about for you? How much are you willing to trust? That's always a question for me. It comes up over and over and over again with my spiritual mentors, in my work, in my life, in my family. Here, right now, just speaking to you. How much are you willing to trust that your identity is not your own, but it belongs to God? That is the beginning of our journey in this season of the light, and one that is meant to carry us through as Jesus begins his public ministry and begins to disclose what the gospel means for the wider world. And it is a journey, isn't it? One where we are called to renew our vows, to take in the breath of God, and to be open to the fire that cleanses and redeems us and prepares us for the life that God has in store for us, and not just for us, but for the whole world, especially at this hour when there is so much need for healing and hope. We are bearers in God's eyes of the light. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God 
and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.